If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, which happens to be my favorite, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. Each can of Recess is a lightly sparkling mocktail made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. They taste just like your favorite cocktails, without the alcohol. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Indeed, indeed. We are on week six. Just like that, the marriage is trudging along. Trudging. What an interesting word choice. I mean, that's <laughs> I feel like they've been in a honeymoon for like 10 years. <laughs> Every year it feels like that. I'm like, what do you, and, and you're like, wait, but you guys have been married for one week. Like, if we were to do some math, that means we have so many episodes left. Thankfully, yep. we don't. Um, so what happened on Couples Cam this week? Yes, yes, yes. Um, it was a really chill week. Nothing really amazing. It's the same things over and over. I think the highlight, well, highlight sounds like the wrong word, was just um, Jamie being diagnosed with postpartum depression and Doug just being really sweet about it and you know, just trying to make her feel better. And I did appreciate feelings aside for Jamie, um, her bringing the truth because it was just weird. She said she felt embarrassed and she felt sad because, you know, for those who know her story, she's tried so hard to have a kid. She's gone through many miscarriages and she's so happy that he's here, but then she still felt so sad and was just disconnected, not taking showers, not wanting to get out the bed, which is a lot of struggles for a lot of more, a lot of moms. So it was kind of, you know, cool that she shared her story probably made some people feel less alone oh that's that's i mean it's sad but it's nice yeah yeah dog is still a champ so besides jamie and doug anybody else do anything interesting this week um i will say elizabeth and jamie um she finally got her wish and they went to south carolina and i did not know they were that close to greg and diana but they went to visit them and austin and jessica got a house they did? Well, they put a bid on a house and they really loved it. And then the realtor called back and said um, they got the bid. But then it looks like they're having cold feet. I will say this episode was chill, but I will say the preview for next week is looks like it's going to be lit. Because it um, looks like Elizabeth's parents are telling her that they have corona. 
and Shawnice and Jeffy continue to struggle and she's crying and he's like, I'm taking the kids to New York. And Jessica and Austin are having cold feet. Like, yeah, we put a high bid. I didn't think we were going to get it, but. As we know, the <laughs> DC real estate market is bonkers. Um, so I could understand putting in a bid and being like, that's too much money. <laughs> yes. I did wonder what area. Oh, now that you told me that, I'm like, I need to go back because I spend a lot of time looking at real estate and I can probably figure (laughs) out where they are. I mean, I might have actually seen their listing because that's all I do. (laughs) But but how about you? What did you get from Unfiltered? So far Unfiltered, it was a good episode. It was Amani, Karen, and Dr. Viviana. Fun fact, Karen and Amani had met before. They had mutual friends. They had been at parties together. (laughs) Really? So... Yeah, um, back to this whole New Orleans is not that big of a city. And then that kind of made sense because, like, they did seem very cool and comfortable with each other every time we've seen them together. And That's that so explained. funny. I was about to say the opposite. I was about to say they didn't seem like they know each other anymore. But you know how, like, you go to parties or you go to events and you just kind of see someone and, like, you know who they are, but you don't talk to them or you don't get close yeah. to them. You know who they are. Okay. Yeah, okay. that was the vibe I got. And okay. then... They played the clip of Olivia and Brett talking about all of the dates that he went on. My favorite thing about Amani, like, I know we could be friends because she just, she's very, uh, she's just very blunt and to the point. And she just was like, I think it's arrogant and rude that he's proud of being a serial dater. It's gross. And Ka- Karen was all like, oh, you know, I'm really doubting his intentions watching this. And Dr. Viviana was like, you know, for some people, it's all about numbers. She doesn't fault him for doing all that dating, but the way that he shared it and told her about it bothered her. Yeah. And Karen also agreed, like, it's the, it's how he spoke about it, not necessarily what he said, which I think we were in agreement with that. But I was just like, okay, everybody thinks that. And then they talked about the 10 relationships with Miles. And Amani once again, just coming through with her hot takes. She's like, he's counting every girl that he thought he could see something with there's no way that there were relationships (laughs) so i thought that was funny um and they had a predict they did a little talk about sex and they predicted that bennett and amelia would be the first to have sex which i was like laughing by the time we got to the end of this week's episode because i was like why would you guys predict that that was kind of the highlight unfiltered this week That's pretty cool. Seems like it was a good group of people except Karen. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on to our couples now. How did you feel about the episode? I really loved this episode. I enjoyed the breaking of the fourth wall. I don't think I've ever seen it among so many different couples on one episode of Married at First Sight. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed the breaking of the fourth wall because instead of us having to sit here and guess how they're being manipulated and directed. We could just hear it ourselves and see it ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, I don't know that I love the episode because going in the same vein of what you're saying, we've talked about how Married at First Sight is overproduced anyways, but I think this episode really highlighted how overproduced it is. Like It's becoming way obvious that it's kind of taken away a little bit of the enjoyment for me i mean we watch reality shows we know we suspend all disbelief but now i don't mind the break in the fourth wall because i liked how they use this in this episode which we'll talk about but the obvious manipulation the questions that are not coming off organic is just it's getting on my nerves now and it's also kind of hurting the process yeah. And maybe it always has, but it's really obvious this week how all of the breaking of the fourth wall is like messing with these relationships. Yeah. 
that was what I enjoyed about the episode. So for our first couple, Amani and Woody, what did you think about the time they had this week? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, they're still on the trajectory. I feel like I'm holding my breath with Amani and Woody because of the previews they've shown us in the past. But I'm trying to enjoy the moment that they're giving us. And honestly, they need to just drop all the experts and have Amani and Woody as the experts because they did a really good job of being Oprah <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> I know. Even when you see them interacting with the other couples, they're asking the real questions. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. You got it. I love it. I love it. And part of I mean, you guys should really just be focusing on your own relationship. Really? <laughs> because you've known each other for a week and things seem to be going good. So just stick to like keeping this thing good. But but then when they're interacting with other couples, they just, they go straight for it. So I will get into that later, but yeah. I like how they're developing as a couple. I don't, okay, so back to, we talked about how things are overproduced. So every single couple was clearly asked to talk about what it's going to be like when they go home. Amani was getting a little, like, ahead of herself. Like, oh, everything, it sounded like she was saying everything's going to be terrible when we get home. And I was like, can you stop that, girl? <laughs> no, see, I get it, but I can't relate because it is what I do. And I understand completely where she's coming from. Um, because you talk about, let's say, ideally, or maybe I speak for myself, I started dating when I was a teenager, and then you get to a certain age, and you've gone through this with men, the whole thing, all the time, starts out great, then it ends up where it starts out great. At some point, you have to, like, you start being realistic, and it's just like, okay, things are going well, and we were strangers. It would be naive of me to think everything is going to remain the same. So I understood that part of her being scared because that's exactly how I am. I think it was kind of the general way she spoke about it. Like if she'd gotten into specifics, which I actually think the other couples did a better job of talking about specific challenges that they may face when they get home instead Mm -hmm. of the whole, Oh, it's fairies and butterflies here, but it's gonna, you know, I don't, I'm kind of worried about things going bad. Okay. Well, is it about living together? Is it about like, I wish they would have talked more about specific things instead of just this overall feeling like, oh, things might be bad when we get home. Um, I see what you're saying, but I think it's also hard to specify or be specific about what it, like you can, you can guess and go around things. Cause I think every couple is going to have one thing that's their Achilles heel or something, but you don't know what it is. So I think it's her just not knowing. Like when you date, you kind of know, okay, this is something we've been struggling with. But when you don't, you're like, what exactly is it going to be? What is it going to be when things start, you know, cracking? So I didn't mind it. I mean, I see how it can be, but like, don't think ahead of your man being the moment, but it's hard. Definitely. So they went on a dune buggy ride. Um, I thought that was funny when she's like, we've never been in a car to like where he's been driving. And now we're in this dune buggy, like going over these treacherous terrain. The New Orleans, whoever maintains the road in New Orleans was called out, you know, on national television because they were like, this is just like uh, New Orleans with all the potholes. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was funny, but you know, and they said keeping it real about just city. I will say through the episode, as we go through the couples, I am going to say I've spoken in the past, how I feel like this season, they're not PDA people. So in different going through the couples, there were different moments where I had kiss, 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 and then nothing happens. And the dune buggy, there was a moment there where I was like, Amani and Woody just kiss. Like, nope. So I will be <laughs> throwing that in when we get to the points where I literally mark down kiss and nothing happens. So <laughs> <laughs> So while they're, you know, having fun on their vacation, driving their dune buggy, 
they meet up with Olivia and Brett, and it's a nice little meetup. What did you think? Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was, it reminded me of, again, the question I asked where I'm like, I wonder how the producers decide what couples meet up with which couples. And I think it's safe to say Amani and Woody are the golden children right now. The producers are just like, score, jackpot, we're going to use them all the time. And it was just weird to me when it was news to me that she and Olivia were kind of cool or close or whatever. So, but I thought it was interesting because you could tell like, they're not really feeling Brett. So from Unfiltered, we know that the husbands told the wives what happened at the bachelor party. Yes, yes. And this time they talk about the Irish goodbye, but they don't mention the incident with Henry and his friends, right? No. But then again, do they all know? Isn't it just um, Henry, who knows? Who else was there? I don't know if they have been told at this point, but at some point the wives are told. Because from Unfiltered, Amani said she was told. Miles said that he told Karen. At some point, they are told what happened with Henry and the girls. Oh, okay. But we just don't know when. Correct. So we don't know if they've already been told or yeah. if they've gotten like some hints. But now, so the Irish goodbye thing, I mean, I'm a huge, I mean, in the context of this, where you're supposed to be shooting a TV show, they clearly had some more stuff for you to do, and you just left. That was rude. Generally, though, I'm a big fan of the Irish goodbye. <laughs> just <What>? leave. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so annoying when you go to a party, and it's a big party, and there are lots of people, and you come in and you say hello to the hosts, and you give them a gift, you have a good time at the party, then you have to track them down to basically say, thanks, fun, had a good night, and that whole interaction takes way longer than it needs to. It's actually easier just to leave. Text I mean, them in the morning and say thank you again. I understand. Okay, for the sake of maybe people who didn't watch the episode and are just listening, can you define an Irish goodbye for them? I don't know why they called it an Irish goodbye, but Irish goodbye is when you just leave a party without saying goodbye. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Brett just like, hopped into a truck that he had called I don't know his friend. His excuse was that he was going to throw up and that's why he left the way he did. And then they still shot a scene with the guys like after all the strippers and everybody had left and yeah. Brett wasn't there for it because he had just left. I was going to ask you, did you buy into his story? Because I liked how it led into it. Like, you know, it came up, Woody brought it up and I don't know if Brett thought it was cute and then he was like, yeah. And then he winked at Imani, ever the straight shooter. She's like, don't wink at me. It's not cute. <laughs> she's like, don't do that. Amani, <laughs> he's a straight, yeah, she's a straight yeah. shooter. She's like, don't do, no, I don't think it's funny or cute. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I was going to ask you, did you believe his explanation that he didn't eat, didn't want to throw up publicly, and he chose to leave? Mm, I did not believe it. Let's, that's as far as I'll go. What do you think? Okay. Um, I didn't buy it. I'm with Amani here because Amani was like, mm. But I just think, because coincidentally, it happened after it. I did think he had too much to drink. And I do suspect that he got overwhelmed, especially the incident that happened with the friends and all. And he's like, I don't have to do this shit. And then he just left. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whole meetup was cool, I guess. I don't know. I didn't think that they had so much chemistry. Uh, I wasn't buying that Amani and Olivia are just the best of friends. I yeah. have no, you were, you know, earlier you were trying to like figure out why are they pairing up certain they have basically sent Amani and Woody to be one-on-one -on -one with everybody is that right or like they did Amelia and Bennett last week they did Miles and Karen 
Yes, they did do Miles and Karen. And then even when they meet up with the rest of the couples, they're like the center focus. They're the ones leading or driving the conversation. So like I said, they probably the producers have decided they're the golden children. I would hope that this is more editing than actu- like than reality in the sense that you do not want to put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> Why would you want to put all your eggs in the Imani and Woody basket? Uh, it could be a setup for a fall and making the best of what they have right now. But going back to the meetup question, what did you think when they were joking about things they're going to discover when they go back and Brett made that joke about, oh, she might have stuffed animals from dead skin? Because the facial expressions of Woody and Imani was just like, wow. wow. He, did, he did go to the extreme. <laughs> I mean the stuffed animals will be bad enough that you gotta throw in some dead skins in there <laughs> this was the scene where I started to pick up that Brett deflects with jokes that aren't funny this is your family thing cause yep. he and Olivia also have this like dynamic where they pick on each other but I started yeah. to pick up on he doesn't want to answer questions yeah. and his solution to not wanting to answer questions is to make jokes that aren't funny yep so <laughs> hilarious and under the guise of sarcasm but mm-hmm. agreed so they finished their meetup and then we're gonna fast forward to we see woody and amani again they go and you know they have the rose petals they have candles he had a nice thoughtful gift a charm for a bracelet which is the perfect level of gift for where they are in their relationship right now yep it is i like the pace that it was it was such a nice thing again could be by the producers, but who knows. But I will say, before they led up to that, I think when they were coming back from the dune buggy, I think leading up to, you know, the romantic night that um, Woody had planned, Amani has been good at leading the pace in terms of, remember last week where they haven't had sex, but they're showering together, and she's the one who initiated it. So I like the fact that they have some kind of intimacy, but it's not quite sex. And then even after the dune buggy, she was like, oh, when we get home, you're going to have to rub my back tonight. And then I think they give each other a kiss or whatever. So I really, really like just the pace of intimacy that they've been on so far. As soon as I saw those rose petals on the floor, <laughs> because I think they did those rose petals for all the couples, but they made sure to like make a whole thing of it. I was like, these two are having sex tonight. <laughs> it was it, it was quite obvious. Amani so was it because she was like, "I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed with happy feelings," and you could just tell she was giving the look. So yeah, they took a shower together, and then I think she kicked the cameras out. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> she so was like, all of you people that predicted that Woody and Amani would be the first to have sex, congrats <laughs> to you. As far as we know, that's what happened. Yes. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> you're right unless a couple comes back after and now says oh they had sex but they didn't tell anyone so because that um i feel like the only couple that would be candidates for that would be ben and amelia i i feel pretty secure and confident maybe olivia and brett but i actually feel pretty secure and confident that the other two are, are not having sex yeah i feel that way too but i feel if any couple was gonna hide it it would be olivia and brett if amelia and ben had, had it they won't hide it they don't care this one's in their bubble <laughs> <laughs> so very true <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, are we happy that Amani and Woody had sex? Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I don't know how I feel. I feel like I'm an odds maker. Like, does this increase or decrease your chances of having a happy and successful marriage? In the world according to Married at First Sight, sex on the wedding night doesn't mean anything. But honeymoon sex, especially when you have a good vibe like these two, I feel like they're in a good spot. Yeah. Because I feel like 
a few of our couples are going into that friend zone that they will never leave. Huh. Well, yeah, agreed. But I think okay, here's why I'm 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 on the fence or I'm not quite sure is I'm happy she did it because honestly from the day they met they wanted to rip each other's clothes off. I'm on the fence because Amani has fears. Amani has fears about their relationship. I don't know. I honestly can't predict what their relationship is going to be. I'm screwed up by whatever preview they showed us where they were fighting. It could just be a five-second fight where he comes back and says, I'm sorry. Or it could be the beginning of the end for them. And I don't want her to beat herself up because, you know, she had sex with him and think it's because of that. Because honestly, it's never really about that. Whenever you decide to have sex with. So that's the only reason why I'm on the fence with I'm glad that she scratched that itch. But I'm on the fence like, oh God, I hope they do work out so she doesn't beat herself up about this. No matter what happens, I'm looking forward to the rest of their journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... We'll skip on over to Olivia and Brett. I feel like they made a huge appearance. Like, there was a lot of Olivia and Brett this episode. Do you think so? Definitely. Um, But, like, it wasn't all good. No. <laughs> it wasn't it was. all bad. It wasn't, like, catastrophic. But you can c- kind of see the problems already. Yeah. Oh, like, this episode, I mean, the whole theme of this episode was the cracks are beginning to show. But, um, Brett, I mentioned last episode that for me, or two episodes ago, I mentioned how I'm enjoying them, but I'm holding my breath because we can't forget the breath that we saw in the first episode. Last episode, I feel like it started showing, and this episode, I think, okay, we cracked the egg and the yolk is out, so it's beginning to seep out. But Brett's true colors begin to show because he starts with, um, Aid mentioned earlier how they have this banter thing going and he ribs her for not flossing. And, and it just went on too long. It just it went did. on way too Ex- long. Exactly. It gets to a point where it's uncomfortable. When you have to question, is this a joke or are you actually taking a dig? Then you've done it. Like, we're not laughing anymore. One person's still laughing. The other person stopped a long time ago. But I'm side-eyeing him. Like, okay, it's gone on too long. But Olivia is like, oh, this is cute. And that they pick on each other and she thinks it's a good foundation. But this is going to lead me to something I'm going to say at the end when we're done talking about them, about Olivia. So AIDS talked about the meetup because she gets a text from Amani that they want to meet up. I actually thought Brett would be a dick about it and be like, oh, I don't want to meet up. I just want to hang out with you. But he was cool. But production must have, you know, twisted his arm or something. So um, after the meetup, they have a dinner and they have this Mexican crickets. Which is, uh, some people might find gross. I actually found it appetizing because I feel like I would try it. It looks very very well seasoned. And it's not strange to me because in Nigeria, we do have something like that, um, that we make that's similar. I've never tried it, but I would try it if I get the chance to. Not in your life. So talking of dinner, I can't believe (laughs) I'm going to go into this, but like, I really hate tableside guacamole. I really like guacamole. I don't like... One of my favorite restaurants does this too. I'm not here to be entertained. Like, this is not Benihana. I don't want to watch someone make my food. I come to a restaurant so that someone can bring me my food, not so I can watch you make it. And when I come to a restaurant, like, I'm not in a stage of life where I'm going to dinner with anybody who I don't want to talk to. So now I have to stop my conversation to watch you make some stuff in a bowl. I don't, and then I don't want to ignore you because that's rude. So I hate tableside guacamole. Wow. Make my guacamole back in the kitchen, bring it out to me, say, here's your guacamole. Back to the kitchen. Wow, sounds like a personal problem. It's very, I mean, it's, it is personal, but I feel very passionately about table side guacamole. Wow, something I've never even given a thought to in my mind, in my life. But okay. So, when the guacamole is done, they talk about work. 
<laughs> so the two start talking about work, and we know that Olivia is a nurse. And do we know what Brett does actually? IT. Okay, I didn't. I didn't okay, know. But, see, here's the thing: she's not. I I don't want to say just a nurse. She's a nurse practitioner, which is okay. ba- which is the space between a nurse and a doctor. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah. I was, once she said she was a nurse practitioner, I was like, oh, okay, that's why you make three times as much money as this. So they start talking, and then she asks how much he makes. And as Ada alluded earlier, Brett does not like answering questions. He just gets uncomfortable, you know, for someone who claims he's so good at communication, he turns it on her, how much do you make? And then it becomes this back and forth thing. And then he whispers to her what she does and then asks her if she's bothered. You know, and just the way, the problem with Brett is the tone in which he says things. Sometimes the things he says are not exactly wrong, but he just says it in a condescending manner, which he goes under the guise of I'm being sarcastic, but it's not. You're just being plain rude. And then she says, I'm not bothered. And then she asks him, are you, you know, are you threatened by it? He goes, nope, it's not. It's actually a turn on that you make that much money. And let me tell you, listeners, that's a goddamn lie. I did not believe it for one second. That was a goddamn lie. He was just lying. (laughs) I did did not agree with it for, I'm like, you, I just feel like if a man is actually comfortable, like eventually we're going to hear this conversation, I think with Bennett and Amelia, and we're going to get an act because Bennett is a person who would actually be, Brett is not comfortable with her making as much money as she makes. (laughs) Brett is not at all. (laughs) Like you could just, so, and I think from that moment, you could just see his body language and how everything, you know, the conversations just, just devolved. As far as I'm concerned, she mentions in the matchmaking process, she specifically said, I like expensive things. I like nice wines. And then he comes up, I love what I like cheap wine. Like this was the little digs that he was doing that I thought was really quite rude. Like just let her talk. And you can tell her facial expressions. She's just <laughs> getting frustrated by him. And then she comes going, he's like, Oh, you should try the cheap wine. You should probably try the cheap wine. And she says, I specifically mentioned. So why would they I mean, again, we talked about this. Maybe he lied on his, you know on his form and said that he was fine with it, but he didn't really seem fine. She says, oh, I eat out a lot. He says, shaking his head, like, nope, nope, I don't. Okay. Like, at this point, I feel like he was being condescending to her and putting down, like, her lifestyle choices, but she works hard for it. Correct. You know? know? And, like, it's a a complicated issue when there's, like, a mismatch in how much you make versus how much your partner makes. Yeah. But the way he handled it, like, and I didn't, maybe it's because I'm with Olivia, like, she wants to go on vacation, and she doesn't want it to be like, oh, I don't have money for vacation. Yes, It's different from saying that I want someone to make a ton of money like I make. It's just, I want to go on vacation. I want my partner to go on vacation with me. Like, yeah, I, I want to go out. Like, it wasn't even I think about vacations or wine or anything. Like, she literally said, does he just want to sit at home? And I'm thinking to myself, does he? I don't think he does. I think he probably has made the choice to stay home because it's cheaper. So now he doesn't know how to address it. Like, instead of him to be more accommodating, like, oh, you know, I'll find a way to make it work. It's different for me, but, you know, I'm willing to see what I can do. Instead, he made a very blatant comment when she said, oh, I like to eat out a lot. He's like, well, it's not like I don't like to or I can't if I want to, but I'd rather invest. I thought that was a put down. Yeah. I thought that was a put down. And that was just just being open and honest about it. He was just jokes that aren't funny. That are not funny. Here lies my problem with Olivia. They do this. You can clearly see that she's a little irked by it. 
But every single time she comes to talk to us, she tells us, oh, we're finding differences, but he's okay. It's okay. We're still coming. Everything's still fine. But he's, I'm not mad at him. He's too cute to stay mad at. I'm like, Olivia, you're already making excuses before you even start the journey. Yeah. It's that mismatch. Because, you know, they're going to talk about two other things, I think, that are just like mismatch. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, she's going to tell us it's all fine. And it's like, yep. no, you guys like have a lot to discuss, yeah. have a lot to think and consider. Not that you should throw in, the, throw away the whole man, but like there's differences here. Yeah. Put it in the back of your mind and realize that, hey, this is something important. So she asked when they go back to the room, and this is something I think <laughs> Olivia did. She asked a lot of questions. I don't know if it's her. <laughs> Reports to producers, but she did ask him how he feels about the pace of things sexually. He says, Oh, by the third date, he's already in. Olivia's like, Oh, I'm not judging. And then he again starts making jokes that I think puts her down. So, like, seven days, geez, you make a guy work. Oh, why would you do that? Like, if she's respecting the fact that you are in on the third date and it's not her thing, why can't you respect the fact that she's saying seven? Days? I don't even know if she said it or if he just calculated that by himself. He kept like, on asking days. five dates, six dates, yeah. and then they got to seven dates. And she was just like, I don't have a number. And then he's like, and then another interesting thing is like, oh, seven dates when you only see each other every two to three weeks. I'm like, <sighs> why would you yeah. start dating someone and only see them every two to three weeks? Unless, of course, you have such a busy dating schedule that it's hard to fit them all in, Brett. Um- <laughs> I want to hear from his ex. I really do. I just want to know what, you know, the relationship was like. I don't think anyone deserves to be cheated on, but I would just like to know what that relationship was like. But she goes on to say, okay, we'll agree. We'll know the moment. And every time she's talking, I feel like he keeps cutting her off saying, yeah, 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 sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 of course. Anything to just move on. After she's putting her down, anything to just move on. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, we'll agree. We'll know the moment, but I don't want you to feel rejected, which I thought was very thoughtful of her. Because, you know, for the most part, I think it's usually we're used to making sure the girl is comfortable, a la Karen. So there's not a lot of reciprocal, like, you know, for the guys or whatever. It's like, oh, you're comfortable, you're comfortable. What about the guy? Like, what if, you know, they're on a certain level? So, no, I like the fact that she told him, hey, I don't want you to feel rejected. So she tells us again, oh, I feel like he's respectful now, but I still think that he's going to get frustrated soon. So she must have picked up on something, even though she's lying to us and herself, but she must have picked up on something in his tone. So then they have a discussion about their argument style, and they're both like, oh, I don't get mad. Oh, I don't yell. (laughs) And I was like, "What what does it matter? It's very interesting. People can't really describe their argument style properly. I think it's just a hard thing to assess about yourself. And I also think, oh, because I don't yell and he doesn't yell and she doesn't yell, we have similar argument style. No, 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 no. We've already figured out that his argument style, he doesn't even know how to be open. He's very passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about her. I haven't figured her out yet. But I'm like, uh, I'm so glad you guys talked about how you don't yell, but this is not actually useful. I do think she's good. And you're right. Like, there's no way to know your argument skills because, again, it depends on the person. If you have a person who actually talks and maybe just gets animated, that's different from someone who shuts down and maybe irks you even more. You don't know who you are. And also it depends on your level of feelings for the person. So I don't know if anybody has one particular argument style, but I agree. It was just a pointless conversation. But I thought it was just hilarious that he asked if they can maintain this level of easygoing. He says, I never get mad, even though in a few, we're going to talk about how he got <laughs> mad. And then he's like, 
Because when he said that, we hadn't even reached that scene, and I'm like, do we actually believe this? Because he looks like like he got. I feel like he was mad when he left the bachelor part, the bachelor party. I don't know. That was the vibe that I got. So I don't know. So he was just saying like, oh, he's a good communicator. You will always know when something's wrong, and all that. And I'm like, okay, Brett, when you need more people. Do you want to yeah. get into this next conversation that was just? I, feel I was like, so I was- identified with this next conversation because I was like. <laughs> I didn't actually agree with how Olivia handled it, even though she and I are the same person. So <laughs> Olivia is like, oh, I, I have like a very social life. I do this. I do that. I've been told by many people I have the same life. Overscheduled, something going on every day. But the way she described it, oh, oh, and then I talk to my sister every day. She said she talked to her best friend every day. I'm the same way. There's people I talk to on the phone. Like there's just, it's a full, busy, active life that involves a lot of other people, even though I'm single. Yeah. Um, she if i were to go into any relationship i would be like oh this has to change these activities obviously are going to have to change because now there's someone who i'm in partnership with and i agreed with her like there's got to be us activities you activities my activities yeah but oh i hang out with my two married friends every day i that's what it sounded like to me and i was like no no (laughs) he I, i think he was actually right in that argument really I think he was needling her because Olivia wasn't saying, she says, I know that I do this. I'm doing this because I'm single. I married someone to do things with. Now that you're here, I don't, I, I'm, things are going to change, but I don't want it to change too much in terms of like, she's still going to talk to her friends. She's going to talk to her parents, but even she doesn't know how much it's going to change because she has all the time now because she's single. But when she has someone and they have plans, of course, it's going to take a natural course of not being, you know, the same. There's more time on her hands right now. But if it was that she was saying a staunch nope, 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 no, it was that she was saying, like, you know, I don't want it to change that much. I still want it to be. But of course, it's going to be a, but I think he was needling her. He was willfully misunderstanding her. That's the best way I can put it. He kept going, oh, but oh, so is there time for me? Is there, well, of course. That's why she got married. She has the time because she's single <laughs> now. But now that she's married, the assumption is you guys are going to be doing things together and then she won't you know she'll be like are you gonna have time for me well it doesn't seem like so hmm so i just think he was being brit and willfully like just needling her agreed so she used the word sacrifice and that also (laughs) was like i was like sacrifice hold on i mean you're gonna sacrifice your activities to hang out with your husband who you said you wanted I do agree with you that his style, like the communication style so far is not very good. But then of course she goes to come tell us that things went well, but they have things to discuss. And I'm like, things didn't go well. You guys have had a crap day. (laughs) That is what she said. (laughs) I was just like, she was always fine and all that. So I'm like, hmm. So they get to like the end of the evening. They're sitting in bed. She's badgering him and he doesn't want to talk. The reason why she is badgering him is because the producers have given her a list of questions that they need to get through in this conversation this evening, and he is done. But because he's passive-aggressive, instead of just saying, you know what, I can't do this right now, maybe we can do it in the morning, mm-hmm. maybe we can do it later, I can't do this right now, he instead just kind of, like, shuts down, she gets frustrated, she cries, it was really sad. 
it was really sad, but I kind of, I, I think I was on his side. I, I knew what she was getting at. Because um, to clarify, the question she was asking him is, are you excited when we go back? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's like, like we've oh, already had know. this conversation about going back. This is the producers making sure that they have two going back conversations to pick from when it's editing time. <laughs> yeah. So he, she was just trying to get him answers, and then she got frustrated that he didn't have any answers. She's like, aren't there places you want to take me to? Aren't there things? And he's trying to explain, like, hey, and he's visibly, like, just had a long day, and he's over. It was bad timing. Sometimes you just know when to let things go. So she just got frustrated, and he's like, I don't know what you want me to say. And then he did say, I hate. But the fact that he shut down was hilarious, granted, given that he told her that he's a good communicator. So I'm just like... <laughs> You know, you all you had to say was, I'm tired. We could talk about this tomorrow morning. I don't want to be rude. And then that would have been it because Olivia is pretty agreeable. So, you know, that something would have been that anything. Out, something that he got out was that he's saying, we're not going to have time together because we're going to be shooting every day and you're yeah. going to be working all the time. And yeah. that's where like this fourth wall breaking thing is. It was hard for me watching it to be like, is he upset because he's done talking for the day? Or is he upset because he, he's like, we're shooting right now. They want me to talk about going home where we're going to do more shooting and I'm tired of these cameras in my face. Probably because the easiest way to, and I think what she was asking was just to say, oh, I have these restaurants I want to take you to. I have this friend I want you to meet. Oh, there's this place me and my cat enjoy. It was simple as that, but she also needs to read the room and know like, we'll never know what his reason was because we still have to talk about, you know, the argument we haven't talked about yet where, he was probably just needled by the whole day. It was a long day. It really was a long day. And Olivia has been asking questions from the moment they got up to this moment. So, <laughs> But this is what, like, the, all this fourth wall breaking that they did this episode, this brings up my question. The question that I have, and this has come up in previous seasons, sometimes the couple is actually arguing about who is more willing to be compliant with what yeah. the cameras are asking for. Yeah. Like, Steffi and AJ would get into these fights too, Philadelphia. This is where I'm like, you're messing with the relationship. And it's inevitable because the fact that you're doing this whole thing, it's already stressful and you're doing it on a TV show. You know, it is what it is. But I will round them up by they, you know, she starts crying and then she starts yelling at him. And something that stood out to me was that she was like, I don't want to get married twice. I'm not going to do this and pour my heart to you and you're not giving it to you. And to me, that was a death knell. I'm just like, once you say that, that means you're going to do anything you can to make this work. I'm just going to close my eyes. I just, she just really wants to stay married. And I don't know if that's going to be helpful. I like that she was formidable when they were talking about the whole parents lifestyle fitting you in. Olivia is a strong woman. I think I misjudged her from the first one. And I, I was really impressed by how she handled that. So I'm on, I'm on the fence. And what is huger, her need to stay married or her strength as a woman if that's the best way to put it because she seems like she knows what she wants and you know she's pretty strong-willed so i'm trying to see which is going to win out in this but they ended it up all nicely in the morning i will give them that i woke up in the morning and brett actually apologized i was very surprised about that but what i liked was he didn't just apologize generally he apologized specifically you know, for the things he did wrongs and he says he feels better and he thinks, you know, everything's going to be good and they communicated. He likes that, you know, they got over their fight. And this is another moment where I was like, kiss, kiss, kiss. But no, there was no kiss. Yeah. And that's also a thing. Like at one point during one of their stand-up interviews, he had his arm around her. And I yeah. was like, I guess that's a little bit of PDA. <laughs> 
No. Like, like there's no hand holding, kissing. Like, and this is just general for all the couples except for Woody and Amani. Yep. And I mean, like, it, it's a concern of mine. Um, yeah. I am glad that he apologized, but and he apologized for one thing, but he did gloss over, I think, some other things. So it was good, and he was willing to do the producer prompt. So that was kind of the end of them. We'll see what happens there. I don't think it's going to be good, but I'm willing to wait and see. I don't know. She's with, she's she's determined. <laughs> so then we go to Amelia and Bennett. They are also having their discussion. Same question: What are we going to do when we go home? What did you think of their chat? I think it was cute. I, I honestly, it's just hard to determine. I think with Amelia and Bennett, um, it's mostly their vibes. Half the time, I'm like, what are these people talking about? But they're happy. So if they like it, I love it. I think bringing up about the ex, I think that was a good question, right? It was a good question. But at one point, you're like, please, Lord, don't talk about your exes. You guys have known each other for a week. <laughs> but then she was just like, oh, okay, I'll do all the things your ex did because they made you feel good. Like, <laughs> it was nice. And she even said, because you have expressed a lot of concern about like whether or not she can go deep. Yeah. And she caught like she even said, you know, I have a thing and I'm gonna try really hard to like go deep. I thought it was really nice. I thought it was, but I also said where? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've heard you say it, but I haven't seen you do it. <laughs> I love it. She said I'm gonna stop being fickle. Self awareness, I'll give her a point for that. So I do like that he mentioned how easily he gets infatuated. I'm glad he mentioned it, but then you're like, oh, okay, so is that, like, something we should be paying attention to? (laughs) Oh, you're infatuated now, but this might not last? Okay. Um, She sang him a song. That was good. It was a good song, but I don't care for amateur artists on TV. And honestly, she pulled out that guitar, and I was like, look, it's Matt from season nine in Charlotte, female form. Um, But she's a much better singer than he is. Much better. And her song was much better. Yeah. So then they went outside and did something outside. Um, they did make sure to throw in a commercial for the Hotel Escaré. That's what Pastor Cal called it, apparently. I've that is what he it. called it. <laughs> Can I just say, once again... And I was like, is it French? Because I don't think it's Escaré unless it's French. But who knows? Can I just say, they are doing a good job. I don't know if my pockets, I'm scared to check. But I have I have Hotel Escaré on my list. I'm like, I gotta check this place out. They have everything on there. They made sure to mention it's all-inclusive and you don't have to carry anything. They sure did. So that's on my (laughs) list. (laughs) The whole, like, parenting style thing. Wow. What did did you think? Um, It made sense. That's the way I can put it. Amelia jokes about Bennett being her power of attorney now about death. You know, I'm with her. I do want my organs donated and cremated. Sorry, guys. I, there was a moment where they were talking about kissing currency, and I thought there would be a kiss, kiss, kiss. But nope, didn't get it. But <laughs> <laughs> when Amelia mentions how her parents let her do whatever. <laughs> I was like, like <laughs> Amelia's kids will be robbed and killed with that attitude. <laughs> and their <laughs> hair like- is not going to be. And then Bennett rightfully asks, you know, are you going to be the same? And this girl says, oh, yes. They were so trusting of the world and strangers. Girl. And I was like, what? What? In 20... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they have kids. Do you see the state of the world right now? But it made sense because remember when her mom said, I don't see red flags. <laughs> Because that this whole like free range parenting movement, and I agree with parts of it, mainly because I lived parts of it. You know, like the way kids are hovered over is not the way that I was hovered over, right? Yeah, yeah. from what I can see. But at the same time, I'm like, 
your attitude in 2020, I don't, I don't know about this. No. I feel like bad things could happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Like you could be lucky, but you have to be more cautious. Jeez. And you know, people suck. So even if you did want to be like a free range parenter, these people will call CPS on you in a minute. Yeah. And I do think it's a life skill to just, you know, be aware of any danger that might be lurking. You can't go trusting strangers. <laughs> Jeez. But again, Bennett rolls with the punches. He's like, my only thing is screen limiting. I'm like, okay, Bennett. <laughs> Very reasonable. Um, they had a discussion about flossing. I cannot listen to these people talk about floss and pee anymore. So we're just going to move on from that. Um, <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Bennett's idea of what flirting is? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Bennett was like, <laughs> I think they must have asked him a question about flirting. He's like, um, I think we are. I mean, I don't know. They say flirting is when you're having a good time, but I have a good time with my guy friends, so am I flirting with them? I mean, maybe I it was just hilarious to me. Same Bennett. I'm like, what is flirting? <laughs> what flirting, is flirting? Flirting is like when Armani says, Hey, you're gonna rub my back tonight. Oh, you look so good. I want you to look at me like you look at your food when they're bringing it out. It's like suggestive innuendo comfortable flirting like you know playing playful but i don't know if that applies to amelia and bennett because listen they built a fort together and talked I about a card books i did like that that was cute i, I was like they'll make such fun parents i want to build a fort <laughs> their kids are not even gonna need toys their parents is bennett's gonna be a house husband they're teaching them how to talk to trash cans so they'll be fine my favorite part was when she fell asleep while he was talking because you know that's what we want to do sometimes too (laughs) but you know it all goes back to what we were saying about this is the second time when he's talking about something deep you know she checks out he checks out and i can't believe he woke her up to continue and she (laughs) fell asleep again so my concern still stands is does amelia have any depth i don't know but we're gonna find out so at some point, all the couples meet up for was it happy hour again? No, they didn't specify. They just met up this time. They didn't. Even... There was alcohol, and they were by yeah. a bar, so whatever. Um, <laughs> there was a whole dis- um discussion about whether Karen would beat Miles in a race, and Amani said the dramatics are unnecessary, which is part <laughs> of this like maturity issue that may be going on with Miles and Karen. Because last time it was the cougar thing, like eh, it's not a good look. I didn't, well, I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just playful. In the moment, I didn't think anything of it. But the more I thought about it, I was like, I'm convinced they're, you know, dropping breadcrumbs. And I thought that might have been a breadcrumb. They talked about sex or how far, you know, what kind of level of intimacy that they're at. And Bennett gave the exact same answer that he gave last week with, we're smooching. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I've never heard the word smooching so much as I have from Bennett's mouth on this show. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I don't even know in what context I've heard that word before. Like, where where would you find that? Um, for me, it was when I was younger. It was very common in Nigeria in high school. It was very bad. <laughs> That's the okay. last time. <laughs> Henry's like, nope. And Woody, oh God, love Woody. This is a kiss. Y'all aren't kissing. That says a lot. <laughs> I was Woody, like, <laughs> like, if you can't kiss your wife, well, that says a lot. But then. But then he says that to Henry, but does that also apply to Karen and Miles? A hundred percent. Yo, he didn't say anything. He's just, you know, 
let's keep it fair. I, I mean, when Woody said that, I actually thought more about Karen and Miles because she wouldn't let him kiss him at the altar. I don't think she'd let him kiss him in the past seven, kiss her in the past seven days. I, it's not a good look, you know. Uh, I don't like Karen. So then they talk about fruit, and that was dumb, except for Christina with <laughs> apples, grapes, or oranges. There's cool fruit out there, and I was like. This is the one time where someone answered that question perfectly. <laughs> did you catch Karen's face when Miles said a guava? I did not. What was her face like? Yeah, she's like a guava, but then he was like saying all these nice things, but I don't think it mattered to her. I just don't think Karen is here for. I don't, she just needs to give him a chance. But yeah, that was yeah. But can I, I ask a question? Christina, sure, go for it. Why is Christina wearing a turtleneck? Girl, I was about to say Christina's wearing the most clothes. And I was like, is it see-through? Therefore, maybe? No. macrame? I I know it's see-through, but this girl was wearing... It's Mexico. It's so hot. I got a sunburn in Mexico. But she had, like, long sleeves and the the neck was all up to... No. We never did see her in a bathing suit. So I think she's always the most covered up. If you looked at all the girls, what they were wearing to the bar scene, she was just wearing the most. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah... They split up, you know, and they the girls go one way and the guys go another way. And I, you know, I had my flashback to Dallas and Dave and Amber and the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> and because it went so spectacularly when with that time, they're like, let's do make these people do this again. So let's talk about the ratings. What did you think? I think it was fine. I think it would have gone fine if some people just weren't who they were. So I'll go down the ratings of what they were. Miles asked them, oh, how would you rate your marriage? Um, I think Bennett was like, it's a 10. Um, Amelia says eight. Woody says he gives it a nine. Amani also says a nine. They've been on the same page even when they're not together. Henry says seven. Christina says five and explains that he's just giving her nothing, which is true. Um... Miles says eight. Don't know where he got the eight from. And Karen says six or seven. I was very surprised. Miles said eight because he's in La La Land while the rest of us are on (laughs) Earth watching him and his wife. (laughs) And then we almost there, but nowhere near. You know, it's just I I feel for the guy though. I'll say that. Then they ask Brett, and Brett goes into this tirade. We've already mentioned how he doesn't like to answer questions. Just say no, I'd rather not. But no. Then Brett has to have the last word and goes like, it's a ridiculous thing. I'm not going to trivialize a marriage. Oh, I think it's stupid. Oh, I think it's blah. I'm not going to say anything. And then the camera slips to Olivia. And she goes, oh, I'll give it a seven. So the specific thing that Brett said that really stuck out to me was, I'm not going to rate something that's a series of staged events. That is him expressing his frustration with those cameras. <laughs> And these people in his face telling him <laughs> to talk about things he doesn't want to talk about. Yeah. And I think that's something the experts really should look for when they... I don't know if you can tell that when you're matchmaking, but it is... It's, it's tenuous. Like, it's very stressful. You have to get people who are okay with it. But I don't know if from day one, we could tell someone like Karen's going to be a lot for her or certain people... How is it that they can tell? They've been doing it for how many seasons now? But anyways, they talk about that. And somehow, Brett overhears when Olivia says seven. And he's just like, my feelings are hurt. I didn't like that she said that. And 
to me, at this point, Brett is an insecure man. That's, to me, the deduction of everything. He's threatened that she makes more. He doesn't like that she's seven, that he's been giving it his all, and why should he get seven? Isn't he the one who just said, it takes time, it's a process? So what do you think he's mad about? I don't know. I think your conclusion is the best conclusion. I, I just look at him and I'm just confused. You're right. This whole rating thing was a waste of time. The only <laughs> thing that matters is after what, what they say, how they arrived at that number. Are you yeah. rating potential? are you rating attractiveness are you rating how much fun you're having everybody's rating different things so it's an irrelevant number i swear this will be like amber and dave that girl went on about that seven and a half for so long <laughs> she stormed out of that furniture store about that seven and a half i feel like three weeks from now i would not be surprised if brett is still talking about but you gave me a seven but someone explained it correctly like it's all relative like you know you could be at a you could say five and your partner says five and both of you will still be okay because it's like we understand you know what it's just day seven and this is where we are and you know we're getting to know each other so it's pretty cool like at least we don't hate each other and be fine and another couple would be like five what do you mean a five what do you whatever so it wasn't like i didn't think it was a big deal but he is entitled i will give him that he's entitled to think that he doesn't want to rate it but again the problem with brett is the way he expresses himself to go all the way to say it's ridiculous it's stupid when five four other people just rated it before you so you're indirectly calling them stupid that's true so. but we don't know they did it in that order if they just put it in that order um okay so after they're done with the ratings we're gonna switch to woody Amani being the real host of this show. <laughs> Woody asked Henry if Christina wanted to have sex, would you? And Henry bobbed and weaved and just went all around trying not to answer that question. And I was like, yeah, you know, no, you don't want to have sex with her. Because <laughs> you could see a person walking down the street and be like, provided everything good, would you bang him? Yeah. And Henry couldn't, couldn't even do that for Christina, which means he doesn't want to. Yeah. Well, okay, but let me ask you this. If your answer is no, what is the best way for you to say no, I would not have sex with her if she wanted to have sex with me now? Exactly. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's no... I'm like, what's so... the way to say? But it's not even about would you have sex. Is are yeah. you attracted? You're yeah. not attracted. And you know what, Tate? You deserve five gold stars. We have to wait and see. But for now, it looks like you're right. Henry is not attracted to Christina. He's not. So that's what I'm saying. He's like, I don't like the guy. But honestly, there's no way to answer that question when your real church answer is no. I will not. <laughs> I love how Woody asked that question because he kind of put Henry's back up against a wall. And Christina hasn't managed to do that. So Olivia and Brett, Christina and Henry break off away from the rest of the group and go have their own thing. Nothing really happens with, with Henry and Brett. But Christina takes this opportunity to be like, oh, I've seen guys like Brett and I just want to warn you. There's only two things happening here. I'm going to give Christina the benefit of the doubt. I think Christina knew what happened with Henry's friends. Her mistake was that she didn't just straight out say it. So she yeah. started vaguely trying to refer to things and it made her look really bad. Yeah. Did it? Th well, you're right because there are two ways to it. One, yeah, she really cares. But honestly, Christina doesn't look like the kind of person who gives a shit about someone else that much <laughs> so i don't know if i really care or more like i need someone to go down this relationship hell with me and calling somebody else to poke holes because girl you have problems in your house <laughs> so it's a joke it's a joke for christina <laughs> to go to someone else 
oh, you know, he doesn't seem like a good guy or you you don't know him. Or I wonder if we're going to find out if with this tiny New Orleans dating scene, she does know some things about him. I think the producers have made them not talk about The Bachelor because it's it's crazy how it's not come up. Yeah, they're holding it up for something. But again, Olivia is very formidable. She's not about that life. She's like, you don't know him. You've only known him for 10 years. She's like, I am staying married, damn it. Thank you for your opinion, but goodbye. So I, But I actually, I believe that Olivia is right to take this. What does Christina know? As far as she knows, what does Christina know? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Christina, should we get into Christina and Henry? Oh, we should because those two. Another (sighs) week of delivering. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to take a deep breath and try to go through their season. But of course, their segment starts with Christina complaining about something. I have said this before. Every time the camera comes on them, she's complaining about something. And she's complaining about the food or what was it? that Was it pasta? Was it not pasta? I didn't even understand what her complaint was. Were you expecting pasta? and it wasn't pasta i didn't even know and poor henry just always visibly uncomfortable it's uncomfortable for us too but you know <laughs> and I then this was actually the i can't remember i guess this was the first time in the episode where they you know were like let's just acknowledge that we're all shooting a tv show i was yeah. actually surprised at how open they are about interrupting the conversation to make sure they get their questions asked but you know, this is the thing about Married at First Sight. I think we've come to a point, and I've noticed it like in just us talking about it, because of how overproduced it is, we don't really sit and enjoy the show. We're always thinking about maybe they did this, maybe they said this, maybe they had to, oh, the producer said this, because and then them breaking the fourth wall because the producer accidentally calls Christina Christine and Ooh. then she <laughs> corrects him. She's like, Christina. I don't know why they showed us that. And then they wanted to provide context for Henry doing an, an, an interview where he says Christina's impatient. And he doesn't just refer to like, oh, she's impatient with the staff at the resort. Oh, she's impatient with activities. Uh, He's like, she's impatient with the crew. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's just, but do you notice what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of, I don't just watch something. Someone could just, Woody could just pass a money and orange. And I'm like, oh God, did the producer make her pass it down because they're going to Florida and then they want to symbolize the orange? I just don't see it as innocently anymore because they just always something that they're, you know, prodding and, you know, pushing because, but then Harry is saying that, uh, you know, she can't be impatient in production, but then production ask a question is there anything you would like him to do more or less of? and i'm like you realize he's right there right and he successfully avoided answering the question she didn't ask she got snippy was like i'm not asking him that and <laughs> he never had to answer the question yeah yeah oh I, I forgot and then the producer follows up again with that and is like so christina do you need clarification on it is it because he's not communicative i'm like yo guys like i would get frustrated too like he again she's right there and then she's like nope it's superfluous. Don't ask me that question. And I'm like, wow, these people are really struggling. I really can't believe they still asked that while he was there. He was gracious because I'd be like, I'm right here. But again, breaking the fourth wall is really kind of new to, yeah. the, to the show. It's not something they do often. But anyways, he does ask the right question when he says, is there more or less from each other that you need? And then he eats and this girl is like, are you eating because you don't want to answer? <laughs> And then he starts stuttering, and he's like, "No, no, no! I was gonna answer. I just no, you weren't. No, you weren't. That's why you spit that food in your mouth because you didn't want to answer the question." 
And then, anyway, she goes, I'll go. She's like, I want you to take charge. And I want you to, I'm not used to it. I struggle with that. So this is my problem. When she says, I want you to take charge, does she mean in general? Does she mean PDA? What does, she mean? What does that mean? I think she is saying, I'm willing. I don't want to say have sex, but she's like, I'm willing to like kiss or like make out or something. And you need to like express to me that you want to. I'm fully convinced he doesn't want to. No, but and... why is she vague about it? Because even I am like... Do you okay. really think she's being vague? Because I'm not misunderstanding at all. Oh, I am. Because I'm like, take charge. Like, do you... Because like, like I don't want to be the one showing you things. Like, I want you to say, we're doing this tonight. Or oh, we're going on a date. Not you saying, what do you want to do? So, okay, I'll do whatever you want to do. Or do you mean take charge and kiss me? Because on their wedding day, you kissed him. So you kiss him and see what happens. Like, I don't know. So I, I thought it was vague. My question about it was, is it fair to ask? Like, if you're with someone and you're like, hey, if you make a move on me, I'm going to be, like, interested and reciprocate. I feel like she's trying to avoid rejection and it's not really going very well. No, she's like, oh, no. if I just tell him that I expect him to make a move and, you know, I, I think in her mind, oh, he wants to make a move. He just, he's not sure about it. I just need to tell him. But she's told him five times and he's not doing anything. Uh, So... <laughs> that was the other thing. I don't know why she's not picking up where he's dropping. He's not about your life, Christina. <laughs> Not about your life. But, I mean, he does get the balls to tell her about the patience thing. And she's like, you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Is she, though? Um, Who knows? We'll find out. I don't think she's working on her patience. I think she's an impatient person. And I think we've seen it from literally the moment she appeared on the screen. Like, I'm impatient. Yep. Is that the most terrible thing to be? Depends on the other person. The problem, yeah. And it's here's the thing. Her impatience is not the reason why Henry is not, like, getting mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. It's either he's not attracted to her which is a distinct possibility you might yeah. have called that right or he is so nervous and so that I, I i just cannot imagine a person sitting in front of you saying i want to be closer to you you just have to make a move and the other person wanting that same thing and not making a move yeah yeah they go paddle boarding once again henry looks like a fish out of water but again giving props he's doing it he's doing what he has to do um Christina says, you know, to change your pace, that he's the most stable person she's ever dated. But I don't know. Christina likes to present herself as this wild, fun-loving person. I'm not buying it. She didn't like the bachelorette party. So, no. So, Henry and Christina continue to just kind of be a mess. We'll see what happens with them. So, I did say, Henry did say he's ready for reality and moving back to New Orleans would be good for them. I kind of see it because then he's not out of his element. So maybe him being or, in a routine or schedule might work. Or maybe he's like, and then I can escape her because I don't actually like spending time with her. <laughs> so crazy. that's it for Henry and Christina. Yes, On to Karen is. and Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Miles has, I don't think it's that big of a revelation, but it's treated like one. Go on ahead and tell us what it was. Okay, so Miles is saying they're getting closer. He's getting more comfortable. She's saying the same, but I don't believe it. And he's going to like, because we're that comfortable, there's something I need to share with you. And he's like, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with clinical depression i take medication i have struggled with it and i you know i didn't know why it was happening to me i didn't know how to handle it and you know i just thought since it's gonna affect you as my wife i'm telling you and please tell us what karen said to us at least not to his face but to us there was a huge dichotomy between what karen said in the conversation and then what she said in the (sighs) stand-up 
Because what she said to him was actually the right thing to say. Exactly. She's like, well, what does it look like? Like, how do we deal with it? How do you communicate about it? How can I help you? Like, it was a good reaction. Mm -hmm. So then I started to get suspicious because in the stand-up, she said the wrong thing. Absolutely wrong thing. She said, and, and once again, I'm not sure that the camera was on her face when she said it. She said, it's a red flag. I wanted a very masculine male. I was so mad. <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I was so mad. How did you feel, Tane? Don't what the... That growl in the beginning of the segment tells you how I felt. She said, this is not what I expected to hear, like I said. And you're right. And now that I'm thinking about it, the camera wasn't on her face. But the other half of it, the camera was on her face. Where she was like, I expected someone to be more masculine, it's a red flag. And I was so pissed off, Aide. I was so pissed off for so many reasons. Because that could not have been an easy thing for him to say. Not just to her, but to everybody else. Because I bet you a lot of people in his life don't even know because he told her if I didn't tell you you probably couldn't tell right and you know she yeah. said that she said that to him and said oh that couldn't have been difficult so for you to say that well, you wanted a more masculine male and this is where I go what does masculine mean having depression is nothing what I does that mean some guy who's gonna treat her like trash because that's what she's used to should be perfectly honest because by the time you gathered this with what she said saying she didn't want someone that was emotional saying that she believes in submission or whatever Karen is trash as far as I'm concerned I don't <laughs> care I'm trying but every episode she gives me something where I don't like first of all she needs to get her energy up every episode <laughs> she's all Ooh. I'm tired it's <laughs> maybe she's anemic I don't know <laughs> Find you some iron supplements, girl. <laughs> uh, this is the second show for you Below Deck Mediterranean watchers. Yeah. Second show in one week that seems to not be able to handle something that to me at this point seems very normal. Yeah. Mental illness is normal. Yeah. At this point with coronavirus, I think one third of the country is experiencing depression. Like it's not, I guess I'm just like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not. And she should know better. Like, especially in the black community, like he's actually doing something about it because he could have channeled that in a different way and just been, you know, be unhealthy but he's been nothing but good to you and basically catering to you but even at that we still haven't heard karen say you know how can i be a better wife to you it's all about what can i do to me at this point i'm tired of seeing miles bend over to be honest i don't like it he's bending over for her and she's giving him nothing because it's one week and miles is so excited he's like oh we've been married a week did you catch that did you see her facial expression like really who cares who cares you're gonna celebrate that mr emotional no no i'm not here for karen guys i don't know i'm, how I'm, I'm waiting for miles to start making some demands of karen and i think it'll be very good for her yeah or it's gonna break them up which will be very good for him yes there's, uh, there's someone better uh, this is not good because you know when the mom watches this, she's going to be like, yes, I get my baby back. <laughs> 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 but Miles does bring up intimacy. And she says it should happen naturally when we're both ready. And I'm like, you mean when Deflection. you're ready? When Deflection. you're ready? It's not really when they're both ready. Miles has no say in this relationship. It's all about her. Like, back to what Woody said. They're not kissing. They're not touching. What do you expect? She's like, oh, when we're both ready. Uh, when will you be ready? Like, it's not... 
it's not like you're just gonna have sex tomorrow. Like you gotta build up to it. Oh, I see it no was, building. It was a Freud and slip. It wasn't. It was a Freud and slip when she goes. It could be one week. It could be three weeks. It could be never. Moss is like, wait, what? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no. I just meant like, no. Why would you even put never in there? This it was a Freud and slip. So we know, you know, it's on a downward trajectory. Yeah. So I don't know how they're gonna get out of this. So either Miles pulls his head out the sand and is like, okay, she's not giving me anything, or she has a turnaround. And that's not strange to happen. But I, I think you're right. I don't think Karen knows how to be treated right. So she just really doesn't even know what to do with, you know, someone like Miles because he seems too good to be true, I guess. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see her dad because maybe that would provide some, like, context for context. some of this. Yeah. Um, Or see her parents together. But, yeah, that's what it is. So we'll see how they do next week. So that's kind of it for our couples. Um... Every week, we will give a bouquet to our top couple or individual of the week and a burnt ashes to the bottom couple. Who gets your bouquet this week? Um, I did not give it to a couple. I gave it to Miles. I gave it to Miles because he's doing his best to make Karen happy. And I think it was very brave of him to come out and tell her and us about his depression. He didn't have to. He honestly didn't have to. He could have waited till they were back. But it's an important thing because I think Karen is the kind of person who would be like, you should have told me this from the beginning, blah, blah. So I'm glad he did. And I'm proud of him. And I'm glad that he has some control. And good props to Miles. I gave my bouquet to Woody for asking Henry that question. <laughs> because we got Woody got more information out of Henry than we have for watching six episodes of TV with him. Um, who did you give your burnt ashes to? Two people who should have been matched together, Brett and Karen, because Karen clearly wants a guy who's trash. <laughs> what do you think Brett wants? I don't think Brett knows what he wants. Brett is still that's why he's been on five hundred dates and can't find anybody. That's what I'm saying. Brett is still reacting to being dumped instead of soul searching and figuring out what is best for him and what he doesn't want or does want. He's just like healing the wound with a band aid and then not healing from the traumas that his brothers have inflicted on him. He's <laughs> <laughs> carrying it on over to poor Olivia. So yeah. <laughs> It would be really great if Miles or Woody would refer Brett to their therapist. Yep. Um, since he needs one. Yep. As we all do. So who got your ashes? Um, it was real hard, so I had to give it to two. Um, I gave it to Karen for equating depression with a lack of masculinity. Good. Or Christina for her vague talk with Olivia. If she knows what happened at that bachelorette party, then come out with it instead of vaguely speaking around it. She looked foolish. <laughs> Would like to know what your bouquets and ashes will be for the episode. 
you can let us know at AltaCall MAFS. That's A L T A R C A L L M A F S. Once again, that's an Instagram and Twitter, and also an email at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe. We appreciate your five star ratings and we appreciate any reviews. We're available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for so much for your support and for listening to our show. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.